murderers decoding the crime verse. 911, what's your emergency? Welcome to Decoding the Crimeverse. I am Nolzi Lee. And I'm Danny. And Helene is a little bit upset with me. When am I not? Okay, here's my thing. 90% of the crimes are going to be gruesome or sad. So why do you complain you're on a crime show? Yeah, but like all the ones you choose are either gruesome or sad. Because we have to have variety. This is not variety, this is torture. <laughs> yeah, shame she was not happy with me with today's topic. And which is, by the way, the Lindenberg. Lindenberg, what did I just say? Lindbergh. The Lindbergh. <laughs> I'm so sorry for that. It's the Lindbergh baby. Now... This is quite a sad story, and this is quite a it sad was a story. huge story. It's probably, I mean, it's it's actually, let me throw in some facts for you. If you've watched or read the book, The Murder on the Orient Express by Agatha Christie, if you haven't, what's wrong with you? Okay, go and watch it or read it. The woman <laughs> is the queen of crime. Anyway, in the what of crime? The queen. Hmm? Oh, shut up. Shut up. We're not getting on this topic. Why do we always end up with no, the queen? No, I, I, just, I just, I thought the listeners didn't, he- didn't hear. Okay, it. guys, anytime Nolene mentions the queen, you can block your ears. <laughs> give permission. Anyway, so what happens is in the, you see, I've lost my train of thought, Nolene. In the book, a man called Cassetti is killed. And you then go on this whole trying to solve the murder and you realize it's because of a kidnapping case of Daisy Armstrong. And the kidnapping case of Daisy Armstrong in the book is based on the Lindbergh baby kidnapping case. Um, it's got some similarities of like uh, climbing into the window, taking the baby in the night, the ransom, all of that kind of yeah. stuff. So it was inspired. And it was also because Charles Lindbergh, the father, believed a gangster had stolen his child. Yeah. And then in the book, Cassetti is a gangster. So it kind of all played into that. Yeah. Yeah. But if you've ever watched that movie, there's an interesting fact for you. It's a brilliant movie. It's got Johnny Depp in. It's so good. Yeah. Um, so on the March 1st, 1932, Charles Augustus Lindbergh Jr., a 20, um, 20 month old, 20 month old. I wanted to say 20 month year old. And I was like, that <laughs> don't make no. any sense. <laughs> Who was the son of uh, aviators Charles Lindbergh and Anne Marrow Lindbergh was abducted from the crib in the, up, in the upper floor of the Lindbergh's home in New Jersey. And on May 12th, the child's corpse was discovered by a tax, a truck driver. A truck, I was going to say taxi. A <laughs> truck driver, um, by a nearby road. So he was found two months later. And the thing is, this was such a big case because Charles Lindbergh was actually the Neil Armstrong of the 1930s. Yeah. He had just made this incredible, I don't know exact the details, but he made this flight across, yeah. across the Atlantic, which was apparently a huge deal. So he was, very famous mm. at the time. It literally would have been like in the 60s if Neil Armstrong's kid had been abducted. It would have been the same, same like, thing, yeah. not, I don't want to say hype, but it would have got the same amount of attention yeah. and um, news coverage as this did. 
And little Charles was born on the 22nd of June 1930, disappeared on the 1st of March 1932, died on the 2nd of March 1932, but wasn't found until the 12th of May 1932. And like we said, it was in New Jersey. Now, we're going to tell you first the story, and then we're going to look at the evidence, and then we're going to look at the suspects. And this is a bit of a controversial case, because we love to do those. Yeah. Um, but if we look at the story, it's very much a whole bunch of ransom letters. There were 13. Yeah. I've got, I was researching. I was like, how many letters can one person receive? Like, oh my soul. So Charles Lindbergh was kidnapped at around 9 p.m. out of his second floor nursery. And it was reported because at 10 p.m., Betty Go would, I think that's how you say it. That's how you say it. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Betty Go went to check. She was the nanny. She went to check on the child and, well, Charles wasn't in his crib. So they immediately searched the house and they found a ransom note demanding $50,000 near the windowsill. And it said, Dear Sir, have 50000 ready, 25000 in $20 bills, 15000 in $10 bills, and t- another 10000 in $5 bills. After two to four days, we'll inform you with to deliver the money we warn you of making any public or notifying the police the child is in good care and it had three signatures first of all the spelling in this letter is horrific it's horrific it's either this person they was writing good. in a rush they spelled good g-u-t do you think he was writing in a rush or i don't care how rushed you are <laughs> How is good spelt G-U-T? <laughs> Please explain to me. Well, money is M-O-N-Y. That at least makes sense. You just took out the E. But good as gut. The child explain. Gut care. Gut care. I wouldn't trust you. I think my child is dead. I'm already <laughs> no, giving like, up. Yeah, my child is not gone. Um, they found outside the window there was this ladder and there were broken... Things broken steps on the ladder, yeah. which shown that obviously it broke on the descent. There was no blood and no fingerprints found in the the room. All employees and servants and stuff like that, the household were all investigated and questioned. Uh, Colonel Lindbergh asked friends to communicate with the kidnappers because they can't. It can't. Apparently, there's a thing you can't be yeah. directly. You, you need to have like a middleman. Yeah. Uh, a second note then arrived uh, four days later, increasing the demand to $70,000, okay? A third note ar- arrived then another two days later um, saying that, okay, we agree that you can have a middleman and they'll um, you must communicate via the newspaper. Now, what they used to do is they used to have newspaper codes. But what happened was you would hide a message in an advert for the kidnappers and then the kidnappers would know to look out for an ad posted by Mr. John. And then they'd know the code was in that newspaper. So that's how you could respond to the kidnappers, which I thought was pretty cool. I think that's pretty like James Bond stuff, if you (laughs) ask me. Uh, The crime captured a lot of attention, like we said, because Lindbergh was very famous. Even Al Capone stepped in. He offered to help find the baby if he got released, which they said no. But I mean, to capture the attention. I'd release him. Of Al Capone. I want him to help me. Imagine. Yeah. Al Capone phones you up. Dude, I'll help. 
uh, let him out, out of prison now. right let now. Out now. Right this now. man is going to find my kid. But at this point in time, the child was dead already. That's also true. But imagine getting to meet Al Capone. Yeah. Worth it. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, a few days later, a doctor named Dr. Johns Condon from New York City, who was a retired school principal, offered to be the go-between. And he would also um, uh, donate $1,000 to the ransom. Yeah. He was the person who received the fourth note saying the kidnappers accepted him as a go-between and then he then said he, they made up the $70,000 and he put it, he put in an ad in the newspaper with the code name Yafsi. So then the, they, the kidnappers would know to look out for that advert mm. saying that he was willing to start negotiating. Okay. He, he then got anonymous phone call on the 12th of March and on that same night, a fifth um, ransom note was delivered by a taxi cab driver who said it was given to him by an unidentified stranger. The message in that note told him to go and find another note under the stone at a vacant stand in the subway station. I mean, like, this is freaking treasure hunt. a lot. Okay, like, it's what a are lot. we doing? Do you want the it's money or not? Okay, he then, they found the sixth note, um... And with it gave the instructions, which then le- led the doctor to meet this unidentified man who called himself John at Woodlawn Cemetery. They discussed ransom, and the stranger also agreed to send them a like proof that he had the child because I mean yeah. this could have been some wackadoo just trying to get the money. Yeah. The seventh ransom note then arrived with the pe- uh, like a like a little onesie of the child, and uh, the colonel and his wife identified it, that it was baby Charles's. Sleeping pajamas. Yeah. The eight ransom note was then received on the 21st of March, saying that they'd been planning this kidnapping for a year. Okay. On March 29th, Betty Go found the infant's thumb guard at the entrance of the estate, which apparently he was wearing the night he was yeah. taken. And the following day, they received another ransom note asking... Um, demanding that it's been moved from seventy thousand to a hundred thousand. Now this person did not know what they want. Okay, like seriously. Then the tenth ransom note arrived, saying that uh, on the first of April, saying, "Okay, you need to have the money ready by the following night." And he obviously replied using the newspaper. The eleventh ransom note was then delivered the next day by again by a taxi driver who had got it from an unknown man, which then gave him instructions to find the twelfth note. Because we're going on treasure hunts yeah. when my baby's been kidnapped. Right. Okay. They found the 12th note, which then gave him the location where he was going to meet this John guy. He then met the John guy and he actually managed to convince him to take only 50,000 instead of the 100,000. So John took 50,000, gave him a 13th note, which then included the whereabouts of where to find the child and vanished into thin air and it said in the notes it said that they would find the baby abo- aboard a boat named nelly on the martha's vineyard in massachusetts okay they went and searched could not find this boat they searched and they searched and they searched um and then on the 12th of may 1932 the baby was accidentally found by a truck driver and because it, it was partially buried and badly decomposed yeah. Um, his name was William Allen. He discovered, and the head was said that the head was crushed, and there was a hole hole in the skull, and mm. some of its members were body, like legs or something, were missing. 
And the coroner's examination showed that the child had been dead for about two months due to um, a blow to the head. So basically, the baby had been dead during all the freaking searching and, and treasure hunting of notes. notes. So he was Jeez. dead. So we paid $50,000 for you to tell me my baby is is dead. Thanks, guys. That's that's, that's a brilliant. Lot. But I mean... Like, I don't even know. Because these kidnappers, like you said, it was changing what they wanted and sending them on, like, literally scavenger hunts. And, like, do you think this could be the work of one person? Possibly. Like, only one person. I feel like you'd need at least maybe two people to pull this off together. Yeah. But, like, it's, it's just very weird. It's just so weird. Like, I think, like, the first three notes, you should really establish what you want and get your money. Like, so why, why play, why why play around? And, uh, and taxi drivers. Yeah, and, why? You know, the next note is here. No, it's just, a, it's a little bit... Eh. Well, they launched an investigation, and actually the FBI got involved the day after the kid went missing, because, again, this is the Neil Armstrong of the time. I mean, this is somewhat... This is American hero. But FBI, though, got involved the yeah. day after the kid went missing. And, and we for still two months, find him. you couldn't find, figure out this child's death. Yeah. And actually, after the body was found, the president said to the family that the any help they need from any government agency they had. So and they you guys couldn't find... Like, this guy sending 13 <sighs> notes. Well, this was the day after they found the body. Which is quite long after they... Yeah. Yeah. So they even offered a cash reward of $25,000 to anyone who could offer up information about the kidnapper or kidnappers. Here's another thing, right? One of the waitresses who worked in the house committed suicide. Right, like... Did she? Did she know something? Yeah, possibly. Okay, so that's also like a... Did she help... Did she help the kidnappers get in? Yeah. Like, did she leave the window open? Like, so that's that's one thing. That's a bit, yeah. They did say though, they, they did rule her out as a suspect apparently. But I mean, do we really? Yeah. Who ruled out the FBI? They didn't actually say. Well, this information is all from the FBI website, so must have been yeah. them. Anyway, but what they did is they did a lot. They gave out the serial numbers of all the bills to the public and said if you if a bank or a store receives these serial numbers please phone it in because obviously then yeah. we can track. And they did. They even had like a map and every time they got bills they put little like pins to try locate where this guy could be could be. Okay. Unfortunately, one of the byproducts of this was there was mass misinformation and lots of false calls yeah. and stuff because you know people just want their weekly want their fame. Yeah. Know? Five minutes. Uh, they were never actually able to find the boat they said that the, the child was going to be supposed to be found on, even though they searched for quite a while. Uh, they had all the, the conversations that uh, Dr. Condon and John had had transcribed so that they could try um, identify his background, his like education. No education based on that letter. Yeah, no education. Horrific, because I can't spell and I can even spell better than that. Okay, they, yeah. So they did that to try find out like the character of this, this character, this character of his character, <laughs> the character of the kidnapper. They of they had a whole bunch of they sent out. They got like a whole bunch of pictures of criminals, like big criminals, yeah. and showed them to the 
few eyewitnesses to try identify John. They had the cemetery employees interviewed because they had met at a cemetery at yeah. one time. They did uh, at one point they did one of the banks did have found out that they had like some of the money. They had two hundred and six two hundred ninety six ten dollars that were of the ransom and one twenty dollar of the ransom. So like that, they just tried again and again to, to try and out, yeah. pinpoint where this man was. They even had flown in the special guy to do this huge forensic analysis yeah. on the ladder to find out what minerals were in it to see if they could try pinpoint then who had bought the stuff. And it, yeah. was, it was ultimately said that it was used from scraps of wood, which meant that the kidnapper probably had done renovations in their house yeah. and used the spare wood to make the ladder. And this actually played quite a critical role in the arrest of the kidnapper. It's, now, there was someone arrested, okay, mm. and there was actually someone charged with the kidnapping and murder of Tolls, and that was Bruno Richard Hamptman, okay? He, what happened was on the September 15, 1934, at a gas station, an uh, attendant got a paid a bill and recognized the numbers, and so what she did, and um, they thought that the person who had paid did look like the John description. Yeah. So they took down the license plate and then phoned in the police. And the police were able then to figure out that it was registered to Bruno Richard Hamptman and he was taken into custody. He actually had a $20 on his person at the time. That was one of the no, ransom money. And apparently he fitted the description of John perfectly. Okay, mm. He admitted to you have done a whole bunch of the purchases with the ransom bills. He was also identified with the taxi cab driver. Uh, he they also found thirteen thousand dollars of the ransom money in his house. Okay, his handwriting was very similar to the handwriting of the ransom notes. Jeez, he man, had a criminal record for robbery and had spent time in prison. Okay, he the ladder matched the tools may used to make the ladder matched the tools he had in his garage. The wood floor laying in his attic was the same wood that was made that had made the ladder. Sure. And he had Dr. Condon's telephone number and address scratched into the door of his closet. Why would you do that? So, I mean, that's a lot of yeah. evidence. Okay, it's a lot of evidence. He said he didn't do it. He always claimed he was innocent. Yeah. He said that a friend who he... A friend... I don't know. It was just like a friend. And then the friend left for Germany and actually died in Germany. And... When they were like cleaning up the friend's things and stuff like that, he found this money and he took the money because the friend actually owed him money. So he yeah. was like, well, this is him paying me back. Yeah. And then that's why he confessed to have, yes, I did spend the bill, yeah. but I didn't steal it. I didn't kidnap a kid. Yeah. And he was charged with um, extortion, kidnapping and first degree murder. And he was found guilty on February 13, 1935 and was electrocuted because he got the death penalty. Man. So, I mean, there's a lot of evidence against him. Yeah. However, his wife did say that he picked her up from work while the kidnapping was happening. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you look at it, yes, yes, there's all this evidence, but there are some very fishy things surrounding Charles Lindbergh, the father. Yeah. Okay. The first thing is that only Charles and his wife and a few people knew they were staying at that house that day. Because what they would normally do is this was their weekend house. Yeah. 
spend the weekend house at the, it's called the Hopewell house, and then they would go back to the other house during the week. Yeah. The only reason they chose to stay was because Charles was sick. Yeah. The baby was sick with flu, so they're like, let's not move him, let's just keep him where he is. Yeah. So now here's my first question, right? If only a handful of people knew, and let's say it was Hampton. Yeah. He would have been planning this for a while. If he was planning to do it on that specific night, March the 1st, wouldn't he have gone to the other house and then found out it was yeah. empty? Yeah. Okay. And even if he did maybe happen to see that they never left on Sunday, that would have given him one day to change his entire plan. Yeah. How is one day, one day to change your entire kidnapping that plan? That you've been planning for a year. That you've been planning for a year. Why not just wait one more week till they're back at their old yeah. house? Okay, so that's number one. Number two, Charles apparently, because he was such a big figure, he often had interviews and things like that, and apparently he loved it. Yeah. He loved the fame. He never refused an opportunity. The night of the kidnapping, he blew off a scheduled speaking. He was supposed to speak at the New York University Alumni Dinner, and he didn't even give them a reason why. He didn't even let them know. He just didn't show up. Sure. Instead, he drove back home. He also phoned before he got home saying to his wife, no one is allowed in the nursery from 8 to 10 p.m. Because he didn't want the child to be coodled. Your child is sick. Exactly. My guy. Okay. How can you leave the child on his own? He then said he heard wood snapping. But the wife or the nannies, none of them say they heard it. And the bo- the dog didn't bark. Yeah. Okay. The dog doesn't bark if it's. Not a str- if it's not a stranger. Yeah. I'm just saying, okay. When they checked that the baby, in uh, when they went at 10 p.m. to check on the baby and he was missing, they thought it was actually a prank because Charles had pulled these type of pranks before. What? No, we'll get there. We'll get there. And then he, 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 he said, no, 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 it wasn't me. They've taken our baby. He discovered the ransom note, even though the house had been fully... Searched. Okay. Here's another question. Though. Yeah. It was raining that mm. night. How do you climb down a ladder backwards in the rain with the baby in the head. dark with a 35 pound baby? Are you Superman? It's not making sense. Okay. How did they? Here's another thing. They you stole the baby at like 9 p.m. Right? Yeah. Why not wait till like one in the morning when everyone else in the house is asleep? Everyone would have still been awake now. Yeah. They probably would have been reading, having tea. Yeah. Who knows what rich people do in their time. I don't know. Okay. How did they know that that was the child's baby? And that was the the room which Windows lock was broken. How do you know that? And how come on the floor, if you just come from rainy outside, why there is there no, no muddy, muddy footprints? footprints at all? Okay. Yeah. So, again, like, what? What? Charles took the investigation into his own hands. In fact, he sent a copy, because he thought a gangster stolen his child, he sent a copy to a mob boss of the letter. Oh, my word. Are you dumb? When the FBI got involved, he sent the two agents away and threatened to shoot them. But, like... But Why? Like, Why? Don't you want your child, bro? Don't you want your child? He was the one... He, when they were going to go to John and give John the money, he refused to let the police stake out the, the place or follow John after the money had been given. Oh, my word. Okay. 
That's the first question I why? had. Like, why weren't they? The coroner else? was not able to identify the remains of the child, but Lindbergh was like, nope, that's my child. I'm satisfied and immediately had it cremated. Why were we burning bodies? We like, don't want the doing? evidence found. Okay, He didn't want the banks to be given the serial bill, uh, uh, numbers of the bills, so he didn't actually want the public to know the, yeah. the, the serial bills. Okay. So, this all starts to ask questions. Yeah. Now, there are two theories. One was obviously maybe Hampton did kill and kidnap this kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then there is the one that Charles Lindbergh killed his son. Yeah. Now, there's again splits it to two. One said that apparently Charles, the baby, was actually quite sick. And then because the father was like, no, I'm this American hero. I can't have this sick baby. Killed the baby because he didn't want to have a sick child, which yeah. I think is a little bit dark. But I don't know if that one's the truth. The second theory is that, like I said, weeks prior, he'd pulled the same prank. He had taken the baby and hidden it in a cupboard and then told the, ha- the staff to look for the baby. Okay. They say what probably happened is he was doing the same thing. And he was climbing down the ladder and dropped the baby on its head, which killed the child. Yeah. Freaking out. He's like, what the hell do I do now? He then faked up the abduction and then framed it on. Another thing which is really weird. What was really weird, right? Lindbergh was allowed to sit at the prosecutor's table, which is not allowed. The father of a victim is not allowed in the the courtroom unless to give his testimony. Okay. So with all of this, plus Hampton having an alibi, okay, him, him saying he's innocent and the fact that the, the bills they found were wrapped in newspaper from 1934, not 1932, which was if he had got that money in 1932, it would have been wrapped in yeah. 1932 newspaper. Yeah. Okay. So you've got all these things. Charles's funny behavior. You've got the weird, weird way that the kidnappers go around doing yeah. this. Apparently also the first kidnapping letter was different to all the others. Yeah. So could Charles quickly have written that one and then found it on the windowsill and then later on like had like a friend write yeah. it and that kind of stuff. And again, this was America's hero at the time. This would have been like accusing Neil Armstrong yeah. of killing his kid. You think that would have happened? No. Definitely the father. So, I mean, that's quite... I mean, you should... First of all, why are we playing pranks with our child? Exactly. Like, if thing. I was the mom, I would have been so angry. This is not... This is why, not, why are you hiding my baby? In a cupboard. In the cu- and then you, you take... It's raining, it's dark, and you drop the baby on its head. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. What did you... You were, gonna, you were climbing out the window on a freaking half-made ladder. Use your brain cell. Actually, that actually is quite fun. Just, <laughs> in the show, in the movie, the little detective always says, "Use your, use those gray cells. <laughs> use the gray cells, Mister <laughs> Lindbergh. What did you think was going to happen?" Yeah, but I mean, like again, it's these famous people. Yeah, uh, he's a, an American hero. Yeah, are we really gonna shift the blame to him? Yeah, no, that makes America look bad. Yeah. I so, think it's him. I also think it's him. I think there's just so many. I really think it. But I do think it was an accident. I don't think he purposely killed Skid. I think he was sick, though. Like, who hides the child in a cupboard? Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's wackadoo on steroids. But I think but it I was a mistake, yeah. I don't think he purposely went and hit the kid on the head. 
Yeah. I he was he... probably going to hide the kid away. I don't know, because it was raining. And then he was going to say, I Look feel like for the he, I really kid. believe he was climbing out that window and dropped the kid. Yeah. And then did all of this to cover his tracks. And I mean, 13 ransom notes is a stretch, <laughs> honestly. I don't it know really which kidnapper. <laughs> They just want their money and they want to go. That's it. Yeah, kidnappers are like, if you don't have my money by the next 24 hours, and it your kid is dead. So Charles to go, I've hit the next one underneath oh, this place. 100%. 100%. So like him to do something as stupid yeah, as so that. Yeah, this, so this case was... um Interesting. It was interesting. It was sad, but... It was interesting. Yeah. Another controversial one. Right here on <laughs> Decoding the Crime List. But right. from now until next time... No mourners. No funeral. Like what you're listening to? Follow us on Gab and Twitter at ActiveFM, Instagram at ActiveFM777, and Facebook at forward slash ActiveFM.